0: we could start with uh it is midway through the week you said it's been busy because of easter bro but uh yeah i was gonna just see like how your week's been
1: going checking in yeah dude Dude, the line it's not even close to sunday yet and the line's out the door for like hours and hours (laughs) On on easter they have like a cop one by the front door and then one like doing traffic and that's like literally like the only store open on 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 that day too. So that's how crazy it gets.
0: That's insane, man. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's it's pretty funny that, you know, this is the job you're working right before, you know, you become a full on attorney. That's pretty It's <laughs> pretty uh it's a great story, you know, come up story you can tell someone someday. Yeah, dude, it's a good
1: icebreaker. But at least for now I guess right. some good food that's true you get all the pies you want from what you're telling me and there's and it's a deli too so you get like chicken cutlets prosciutto we make our own mozzarella too bro okay i didn't know it was a deli as well i know them delis on the east coast are fire oh dude you have to you have to try it it's they're they're insane especially in new york new jersey area so 10 times better yeah, there's
0: actually one next to my aunt's house in New York, uh, in Long Island, and it, it, it's really good. Well, actually, they closed that one, but it used to be uh-huh. really, really good. Man, they used to sell like, you know, breakfast food. Like, it, you get a bacon, egg, and cheese, or you could get a burger, you could get a chicken sandwich, you could get, you could get really anything at those diners and not diners, but uh, the, delis the delis and stuff. Yeah, you
1: could get really anything there. When you come to New Jersey, you gotta try a Taylor ham. That's like... Trial what? Taylor Ham. Taylor Ham. I've heard that. What is that? It's like... kind of hard to explain. Like, obviously, Ham. But it's kind of like... I don't know. Like... I don't know how to explain it. There's like a certain taste to it. Like... It's not not like Spam. No. no, no. It's like... I don't know. (laughs) Not really grilled, but like a little like smoky ham kind of. That's probably hmm. like the best way to describe it. But it's kind of funny. It's Like North Jersey, everyone calls it Taylor ham. And then in South Jersey, everyone calls it pork roll. So like when you go to college or whatever, like mix of people, that's like a funny, like stupid thing like people complain about.
0: Neither sound that appetizing. I'll be honest with you.
1: You try a Taylor, a Taylor ham or a pork roll. <laughs> Taylor ham, egg, and cheese. Okay, um, that sounds good. Bagel. That sounds really good,
0: actually. I didn't think of it that way. If you <laughs> put that on a breakfast sandwich, yeah, that sounds pretty chilling. fire.
1: Or yeah, have here. that with bacon, you're good, you're chilling.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that sounds
1: pretty good. I can't <laughs> lie. Wait, put pork and chicken?
0: No, Taylor ham. Taylor ham and, I mean, isn't that pork still, or no? Oh,
1: yeah, same thing.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um well all right (laughs) I don't know how we got to talk about uh (laughs) Taylor Ham,
1: but
0: now the (laughs) NBA uh what a great transition uh this is episode five and um I I really enjoyed our last episode with uh Frankie uh I got to listen back to it yeah we got into a lot and I feel like I learned a lot and um I really liked him, uh, highlighting Hoop, so I thought that was dope.
1: And, like, it was something that a lot of people probably don't even, like, really know about, where, like, one of the things that's, like, up and coming, so hopefully a lot more people got to check it out. Man, I mean, I can see that, you know, invention really
0: really blowing up, yeah, and, like, when it does, like, people could refer back to that episode, and that would be pretty cool.
1: yeah. Hell yeah, but um, man.
0: So in this last week or so, a lot has happened. Um, I think I want to get into. Actually, I want to start with women's basketball. I want to start with, you know, LSU and Iowa. Uh, first and foremost, uh, congratulations to LSU women, women's basketball team. Good. Um. I mean, Angel Reese is getting a lot of uh, media attention <laughs> and, um, you know, especially for her uh, taunting towards Caitlin Clark and the Iowa women's team, which was completely warranted, um, you know, especially since Caitlin Clark was doing it all <laughs> season, it, it seems. Um, but, you know, it, it sparked an interesting conversation over the last, Whatever how many days it's been since they won, and I guess I wanted to know what your thoughts are on it. I know what my thoughts are, but as far as um you know the the i don't know if bias is the word, but really gender gender roles where women aren't allowed to you know show emotion and this that wow the men's game we champion when steph shimmies or he yeah. you know dances in someone's face or if lebron taunts to do something um what are your thoughts on this double standard is what i'm looking for what are your thoughts on on that
1: i love it when either men or women it really doesn't matter but i love when people should talk dude when you like, I don't know, that makes, like, the game more entertaining, more, I don't know, like, I feel like I want to get, like, more involved in it than just, like, all right, they're running plays, all right, they're doing this. Especially in, like, a Final Four, like, big games, you really don't really see that that much. Like, the UConn-San Diego State game, you saw, like, barely any of that. What a trash game. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the biggest game of the year, and you can, the women's game was 10 even their final four was 10 times better so much more exciting and not like get off track but like i think that like set of four games and really the tournament really propelled them to something like really really great but back to your question i don't know i really don't think that what she did was bad or anything at all it was like there's no different than like what anyone else would do i think just like the timing really wasn't the best at doing it at the end of the game when like you pretty much have the game locked in but other than that who cares dude other than that that's maybe the only smallest thing but people always shit talking. who cares
0: yeah i i i agree and i also think that a lot of people that are talking about this first off it's the media the media is talking about you know angel reese doing you know just taunting caitlin clark Pointing to her ring finger, doing the you can't see me, and honestly like it's like the common it's like it's like the the old conversation about media that I've had with my friends where it's like a lot of these media members they clearly have never picked up a basketball in their life. you know what I mean like yeah. just show just tell me you can't hoop, tell me you've never hooped without telling me you didn't hoop, and that's what they're <laughs> doing right now with this whole Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese situation. Like, literally, like you said, taunting and shit-talking happens all the time, and it's part of the game, and it makes it more exciting and entertaining to watch. And this is, quite frankly, what women's basketball freaking needs. Yeah, And, like, I was not, you know... I, I wasn't the biggest fan of women's basketball, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't watch it that much. Um, not saying I don't, like, su- support... You know the women's women's uh, sports or anything like that is just it exactly. wasn't something that caught my eye. Yeah, it's just yeah. something that didn't catch my eye because there weren't really any stories or drama in it, and more so the drama. Because yeah. what did we always know about women's basketball was that UConn was always gonna freaking win, exactly. and now all of a or sudden, or South Carolina, last, kind of ish. Well, that started not more recent though, but yeah. no, that but that's pretty recent now. Like that's probably in the last like I want to say. Four, four years now? Yeah. yeah, in the last four years, like, now there's other women's teams, Stanford, uh, you know, there's other women's teams that are actually, like, you yeah. know, on, yeah, actually legit and can stand up to, you know, the big dog in, in UConn. And, and before, when UConn was winning every year, like, there was no point of watching because we knew the result. And, um, you know, now, obviously, there's a lot more... um Eyes on this, not only because of the drama in it, but we because there's more parody. Like LSU yeah. just won the freaking championship. Like no one had them winning. I saw a stat; they were three percent
1: favorites to win the national championship this that's year. Three percent, and that's the school's first chip too, ever. Yeah, and their coach is really good, and that was only her second season there. Oh, she's a goat. Yeah, I mean yeah. she was with <laughs> Baylor already. Yeah, no, I
0: I was already hip to her. Like she's she's the goat, man. Um, but, but yeah, so, I mean, all in all, I just wanted to start with that because I think it was probably one of the more, uh, popular topics happening and, you know, for me, I just, you know, Kayla and Clark and Angel Reese, they're changing the game of basketball. Kayla Clark is the, easily the best player in women's basketball right now.
1: Um, next year is going to be crazy. Her against, uh, Paige, uh, what's your Paige name? Beckers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Haley Van Liff is
0: tough. um You got the twins over in Miami. They're mm-hmm. called the Cavender twins. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, for Stanford, um, I think I don't want to butcher forward. her name, but no, she is a forward. She's kind of like a center, like forward, but um, she's like really tight with Steph Curry and his family and stuff. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. But
0: um, yeah, I mean, she's super tall, super great, like at what she does too. Uh, I mean, the women's game is like evolving, but you, you know what? Again, it goes back to like their CBA. Though, what makes me annoyed is that after all this, you know, take a take a men's player, right? If they have a really great tournament, right? Um, they they can bank in and cash in on that with scouts and go straight yeah. to the, and enter the, for the NBA draft, right? Mm-hmm. After one year, women's basketball. I believe they have to be there for two and they can't go until their junior year.
1: So for me, Angel Reese, like, yeah, yeah. oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. That's why Caelan Clark is going to be there again. Stupid. It's so (laughs) dumb. That's why Caelan Clark, like Caelan Clark could easily play in the WNBA right now, 100%. So stupid. And that's my, I think, that's a part of everything that people are
0: missing is that these women's players, that's where, you know, they're at the biggest, dis- they're at a, another disadvantage, not the biggest, but there's it's another disadvantage for them where, the, you know, Caitlin Clark, like say she has an injury next year that that may hurt her stock or say you know, Andrew Reese, she, you know, she wasn't like this great player until like really in the last couple of years. But, like, say she has a down year next year. She could go potentially, like, top three in the WNBA draft this season. But because of the stupid rule that they have to be there for two-plus seasons, she won't be able to bank in on this hot streak that she's on. And the endorsements. Think of the endorsements that she could get outside of this college basketball realm once she hits the pros. I mean – It's just, I I, I feel for them. I don't think that's something that's talked about enough. I think that they need to go to a one-and-done rule for women's
1: basketball as well.
0: I think we covered the women's basketball uh, situation pretty good. Uh, So let's move over to the NBA with uh, Jalen Brown because he had some interesting comments the other day. uh, Pretty much they asked him about his future in Boston um, and not the most um, media trained answer, um, you know, not very uh, PC (laughs) of him. He just said, I don't know. As long as I'm needed. He just says, it's not up to me. We'll see how they feel about me over time. And then most importantly he says, and how I feel about them over time. So, (laughs) Um, you know, if you're a Celtics fan, uh, you should be a little nervous, uh, because it doesn't sound like he's happy over there. And, you know, there's no really indication as to why, except my thinking is possibly he's tired of playing second fiddle to Jason Tatum. Um, and I think that's maybe a lot of people's, uh, indication too. What did you think of his comments, Chris? Uh, did you make anything of it?
1: Not really. I, don't know. I think people are taking it way too way too far kind of landscape of the NBA now. Like, no one stays on their team for their whole career or even three seasons. So, like, for him to be there for that long, he's just saying, like, hey, never know what can happen. Because at the end of the day, it's a business for both sides, too. Because he probably wants to be paid a certain amount. And if the Celtics come to him and they're like, hey, we got to pay Jason. Hey, we got to pay other guys because he's been the nicest one the whole time. And, hey, he might be like, all right, peace, I'm out. If you're not going to pay me X, Y, Z for my career or pay me what I deserve, hey, there's a possibility that I could leave, which I don't blame him for. But they've had so much success that I don't think he's going to leave. I doubt it. I'd be very surprised. Yeah, I would be surprised too. I think,
0: um, you know, to what to your point, um, it is a business. This league's not meant for people to for teams to stick to with each other. At least the way the league yeah. is built now, like these teams. Or he's a nice guy. Well, you're like you're not gonna see teams like the Spurs anymore. Like the closest thing like that are the Warriors, maybe even the Bucks. Uh, right now, like you know, they have a, a core yeah. that's kind of been together for some years for some time, but, um, you know, you just don't really see that in the NBA anymore because all these players are always moving around. But, you know, for me, I do think that he's tired of playing second fiddle to Tatum. Um, I I've had conversations in the past where, you know, I always had this feeling that he just felt underappreciated and he's just kind of, you know, he may even feel like he's better than Tatum and so in some, in certain ways, you know, and, um, I mean, he's certainly a better defender, um, but, you know, offensively Tatum's a special, but so is he, so is Brown. I mean, Brown's been showing that this season, um, you know, since the all-star break, he's been arguably their best player. Um, you know, I, I seen stats saying he's shooting, you know, 40% from the field since all-star or I'm sorry, 40% from the three and 50% from the field since all-star break. So, I mean, he's been lighting it up, man. And, um, uh, you know, I think also the timing of, like, the comments are pretty interesting, too. Um
1: More playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, but he's not a free agent until 2024. So, you know, for him to, you know, bring that up. Yeah, and, it, and it's right before playoffs, more importantly. Um, You know, you're more focused on, you know, winning instead. And, and I think he did a good job of, like, not really, you know, getting that two in the weeds with the answer. You know, oh, yeah. he just said, like, if they want me, they want me. If they don't, they don't. But at the same time, like, you know, again, like it's playoff time. Like to 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 bring some sort of drama into your locker room this close into the to the off season or to the postseason, I mean, like I don't know if that's good for the Celtics overall.
1: He's a really smart dude. So that has to be something with that. What, or it could just be, be like some some reporter asked him a stupid question and it's just like, all right, this is like the most middle you could possibly go. Because if you say, oh, I'm going to be a Celtics for life and then you leave, then you're going to be treated like, like, not like Kyrie, but like, <laughs> like gonna oh. everyone's going to be like, oh, you said this three years ago. Or if you say like, no, I'm not going to be a Celtic, and then they're like, oh, where's he going? Blah, blah. So like to be like, hey, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. That's probably, like, the best answer you could possibly give.
0: Didn't Kyrie say, like, he wanted his jersey in the Raptors or some shit yeah. like that? he had a commercial. Yeah, Nike man.
1: commercial.
0: That man's career, when it's all said He's and done, crazy. he needs a doc. Like, his career <laughs> is so, like... No, nah, he needs a podcast. I I will not. I mean, I'll listen <laughs> to it. I mean, we'll all listen to it, but I would prefer him to just get a doc. I don't want to sit down and listen to <laughs> Irving
1: talk I really don't I mean he he's a smart dude but yeah do you think Jalen Brown could be the number one guy on the championship team you know I was just talking about this the other day and I don't think so
0: I really don't think so I I think that he's a solidified number two however we did see James Harden but maybe he's another James Harden type of guy where like James clearly couldn't be the number one option and get to the couldn't even get to the finals. So, you know, now he's clearly number two in Philly. And he has, this is the best chance he's probably ever had to to get there. Um with this is great of a uh roster, you know. So no, I I don't think Jay, uh Brown could be uh
1: number one guy. I totally agree. Especially the places that he could possibly go, he's not gonna win a championship with the Rockets. Like No. Like, where's he possibly going to go where he could be the number one guy and have a roster good enough for them to be good? Like right. if he really wanted to, he could go to the Pacers or go to the Rockets and then be like the sixth seed. And he could be the number one guy and like maybe be like top five in MVP voting if he's lucky. Other than that, if he wants to win, he has to stay. He's kind of like like a Paul George type. Like, he's super good, but, like, I don't know. There's just, like, those big moments or, like, there's just – he's just not quite there.
0: Yeah, I just don't understand why he thinks that the team wouldn't need him over time. Like, I just don't understand that comment because it's like Mm -hmm. this team obviously gets two Supermax contracts for, you know, for them and – yeah obviously Tatum and Brown are the ones that are receiving those. So I don't know what he means by if they're going to need me or want me. Like that just doesn't make much sense. It sounds like it's more of the latter uh, part of his statement where it's more so if he feels like he wants to be there anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Which is crazy.
0: Right. And I mean, when you get to the championship, when you're starting to get on that run, that many times and taking L's that many times. I mean, they've been going to the final conference finals for years yeah. and, you know, they just were running into LeBron or now, you know, they run into, they ran into Miami, beat us. Uh, uh, and then they ran into Miami in 2020, lost to us. Then mm-hmm. they, they run into uh, the bucks and then they finally get over the hill last year and end up losing to the Warriors. So it's like they've been on this trend, this trend for so long, and they've actually had like early success with this core group. But, you know,
1: lost like have had like a bad record or like lost early, like been, oh, uh, what's the word? Like upset in the playoffs. So, like, hey, you never know. I think that's why before they made it to the finals, everyone was saying, like, oh, you should split the two up because maybe it doesn't work. But clearly it works. Up to a certain point, I think this year and next year, if they don't win a championship, then they probably switch it up.
0: But I guess it goes to back to what Jalen Brown was saying. Maybe yeah. I mean he has a point because it's like if we don't if we don't see any changes, then where do we what what do we change? Yeah. And it's like do we change it with our duo or do we change it with our supporting cast? I would say change the supporting cast. Oh, I mean they sure. have a deep team. They have a deep team, but it's like, you know, Horford can only give you so much. And he's old. Um, he exactly. Two left. Exactly. Their bench kind of sucks. Robert Williams is hurt all the time. Um, I mean, is this – Like, the their best
1: bench about. guy. And he's like, okay. If you compare that to, like, the bench on the Bucks, it's like night and day. Well, I would say
0: Brogdon for the Celtics, because I, uh, I know sure. Brogdon comes off the bench. But yeah. like but I but that's true though. I mean Peyton Pritchard is pretty good. Um, but I don't even know if he plays that much anymore. I don't really know what the Celtics got going on as a bench mob. But it, I agree. It's it's definitely night and day between the Bucs and the Celtics. I mean
1: Celtics have probably like seven solid players. The Bucs probably have like twelve. <laughs> And you wouldn't you wouldn't have been able to tell that uh last uh
0: last week against <laughs> when they played each other on TNT. Yeah, yeah, I was uh I almost went to that game and thankfully <laughs> I saved myself some because some dollars. Yeah. But um I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what how it plays out with uh the Celtics. I mean, again, I think it could be another James Harden situation where it's like, okay, this guy's good. Uh, you know, maybe he should be the number one option on a team and see how, you know, that works out for him uh, somewhere else. But, you know, is he willing to take, you know, backtrack? Because, you know, him being the number one option, like, I don't think that team's going to be great right away, like he said. So, you know. He's not
1: used to losing, so.
0: Exactly. And he's just going to be unhappy again. So, <laughs> you know, the grass ain't greener. So, he may need may need to just, you know, accept <laughs> accept what's going on here and, you know, try to make it work with, in Boston.
1: Yeah, that's what Dame said.
0: Man, I mean, Dame, Dame, someone <laughs> needs to save him, man. The organization needs to save him from himself. The organization yeah. needs to do him a solid. They need to do what the, – they need to take a page out of the Thunders book, what they do, did with Westbrook, realize, like, hey, we've tried. we literally tried. We we we've done these deep playoff runs. We keep getting bounced in the second round, maybe even the Western Conference Finals. It's time to end this chapter, yeah. and that's what the Trailblazers need to do. And what what the Thunder did, which was so great, was allow Russ to give them a, a list of teams. Be like, where do you want to go? We can trade you to them if they give us the right package. We'll get we'll get you there. We'll get do our best to get you there. That's what Portland needs to do with Dane, Because the fact that you're shutting this guy down for the rest of the season, a player of Dame's caliber, making him start doing freestyle raps every other day, like, this man should be hooping right now, bro. He should be deep in the playoffs. He should be gearing up for a finals run right now. But you have this man making freestyles. (laughs) Every time he posts one, I get so (laughs) upset. (laughs) Save him for after the
1: career is over.
0: Man, so yeah, man. I uh I don't even know. That that's just frustrating to see Dame like that. But uh let's uh let's transition here. Um so I think we'll stick with this topic for quite some time because you know I wanna kinda peel back the layers layer by layer. Uh, cause the NBA and the MBPA agreed on a seven year deal. Um, for the new collective bargaining agreement. There's also a mutual opt out within that deal um, in year six. So the NBA and the MBPA can come to a mutual agreement to uh, renegotiate in year six. Um, so, you know, staking true to our name, Ball is Law, I wanted to go through this contract that the NBA and the MBPA agreed to. Um, so let's start with the, you know, the big, big provision that they added was this in-season tournament that they're bringing. So essentially what I've read is that the teams will be giving an given an 80-game schedule to start next season. Um, the tournament, which will be starting around November, I believe, okay. um, they said that there's going to be some pool play. At most, there's going to be like four games, um, the teams that um win will end up playing an extra game. Um but what the the, the part of it that I'm still kind of murky on is that the tournament games won't count towards your, your seeding, but you win uh additional prize money for the players and coaches. Um but that that I guess throughout that tournament. The tournament games, let me go back. Let me actually take back what I said. The tournament games will count towards your seeding and your record. But that final game, if you were to get there, won't count towards your record. It'll just be the final game. Um, I don't quite understand it, and I don't even know if the NBA does yet. I think they're still uh-huh. going to... uh. You know, tweak it and, you know, have a lot of uh, ad hoc provisions uh, put in there. But um, I don't know. It's single elimination.
1: It'll be eight to throw it in there just so, like, it could be in there and then they they could have it it in there. But yeah, I don't know. It kind of seems like they kind of want to have, like, a Champions League type tournament. But if it's just NBA teams, I don't know. Like, no one's going to really care. Like, why would they care about it? Especially in November. Like, this is, like, a month, maybe, like, a month and a half into the season. Like, what's yeah. these for players? At that time, they're, like, just trying to figure out, like, how to play with each other and stuff. And, like, that's the time where coaches try different lineups or different plays or whatever. So, like, I don't know. I feel like they'll mess with teams' progressions, especially when Um, the one we call the trade deadline is in, like, February. So, like, that's the real time to evaluate players to see if they fit or not. And if they're trying to run for, like, a a title or whatever this tournament is, then maybe they're not going to try. They're just going to stick with stuff that they've been doing.
0: I don't understand this push for an in season tournament. I really don't.
1: It would be kind of cool, though, if it was, like, the whole world if it was, like, an actual, like, Champions League thing, like, the NBA would play, like, the winner of, like, Spain or something. That would be kind of cool. But, like, other than that, I really don't care. Well,
0: I just wonder, like, the only thing that they showed that the players and coaches get from this tournament is prize money. The players already have they more got than money. that money. <laughs> it's the same thing as the All-Star game to me. Like, yeah. you're just paying them more. And it's where in-season tournament, that doesn't really matter much. Like, if it's not affecting them winning a championship, then why would they care about this in-season tournament? Like, it doesn't give them anything.
1: Yeah, it makes no sense.
0: So that's the first provision that I noticed that, um, again, it's still like kind of what's the point? The final four will be at a neutral site, and Vegas is the potential location for that. Um, Now I will say (laughs) – I will say that Vegas has that sphere that they just built. Um, Mm I don't know if you saw that, but it's like that really expensive sphere that's supposed to have like concerts in it and all these different events. Now I'm assuming that the NBA is going to, you know, do this uh, tournament at whatever arenas in Vegas, wherever the, uh, the aces play. However, if they were to do something in the sphere and then make it kind of interactive with this like virtual, I don't know. There's something that they could do. There. The God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, they're probably, I mean, they're definitely already doing that, but like, I don't know. You should definitely look up this Vegas sphere that they're building. It should be done like this summer. I believe it's pretty cool. Honestly. Um,
1: yeah, Like I would, I would want
0: to go. Um, I want to say close to a hundred thou, but I could be wrong. Um, but it definitely holds a lot of people. Um, it's like, it's like a, uh, an arena of sorts, okay. but like it's interactive and it's like literally like kind of like a planetarium in a way. Um, but like a lot more expensive.
1: Oh, this looks, um, it looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So I'm wondering if the NBA could do something with that. I doubt that they do, but I think that's something that they could look into and would be kind of cool. Um yeah. for and, and I don't know what they would be able to like add like part of the game for that, but I know they would get some viewer like other viewership for, you know, just having it played there. But again, yeah. there's really no point of this tournament. They and I don't understand the push for it. I under, I did like, you know, and the NBA is pretty good for this. Like I didn't understand the play in tournament when it first started, I was against it. I thought it was not a good idea. Yeah.
1: And it turned out being the best thing they've ever done. Yeah, exactly. So you never know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll wait and see on that one.
0: Uh, the next provision, we already kind of talked about this, but, um, you know, the 65 minimum uh, games to be eligible for top rewards. think um, that
1: was too high, too many games?
0: That was actually ex- the exact number I was looking for because uh, that's exactly 80% of games played in a season. I think players need to start looking into playing at least 80% of the season. Um, And, you know, I... I I don't believe that that's too many games, because I feel like that if you're an in-shape athlete, professional athlete, your full season is 82. If you can't play 65, then I don't know, man. That's fair. But
1: in this whole debate, uh, like, I don't know, I think most likely Joel Embiid's going to be MVP. I just looked up, he played sixty-five games this year. That was pretty funny. Exactly. Yeah. So far, <laughs> there's still a couple of games left. See,
0: that's uh that's funny. That's so Draymond on his podcast, he was talking about how he you know, he's a player, current player, so obviously he's gonna have a bunch of gripes with it. However, um he was like, you know, if Steph ends up missing, like 15 plus games and he's still not first team all in, first team all NBA and you know because he didn't make 65 games you know y'all are gonna be in an uproar about it and so are the players so are the coaches and you know there's gonna come a point where these first all NBA selections or these all NBA team selections or even just the rewards in general are gonna go to these he who, who players that he referred to as bums that they're gonna start going to bums that just simply played the minimum
1: required games. Um that's be interesting fair. if like uh say like the top three in MVP voting play like in between 60 and 65 or 64 games and then they have to give it to like the fourth guy on the list. And then like this whole career they're gonna be like oh you weren't really MVP. Like that would suck for someone like that. To happen to not that see,
0: fault. but this is kind of the players like Draymond could either cry about it or they could just play games exactly like yeah. at the end of the day, just simple as that, just freaking play, man. Injuries are injuries, even mm-hmm. if you were to get an injury, you're most likely not going to be in that position of all NBA, anyways, because you missed a, a certain amount of time, or exactly. same with an MVP. So, I so hear I what he's really saying, be a problem. I hear what he's saying, but it's like, dude, y'all just need to play the games. This is the NBA's way of deterring you from sitting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, again, I love it. And I'm glad that they kept that in. And, you know, players players should want the MVP trophy. So now this should help us being, allow us to see players actually play regular season games. And we don't have to guess on whether who's going to be there or not. Like, Donovan Mitchell, he wants an MVP trophy. Like, he said that before. He said that's a goal on his list. So, it's like, he has to play 65 games now. So, there's a higher chance. There's 80% chance in the season that we'll be able to see him play on the floor.
1: Barring injuries. You don't want have, especially for TVs, too. TV, like ESPN or whoever, who has these games, they don't want to have a game where, all the dudes are sitting, and it's a primetime game uh, Saturday night at 8 o'clock when they're supposed to be making all this money off the ads and stuff, and no one's watching.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at what I sent you earlier with AD and LeBron yeah. being game-time yeah. decisions on a game where they're literally tired of the team. i makes no sense. I, I'm, I'm sorry to always bring up the Lakers, but they're just so, like, it's just so frustrating. Like, why can't these players just play, bro? Fuck a back. Nah, oh, I don't. I don't want to cuss like that. But like, bro, it's. A, <laughs> I don't care if it's a back-to-back uh, or not, dog.
1: Yeah. I don't care. Like, this is playoff time. They'll want you playing to play. You're not be saying anything. Yeah. Dude, they have the chance to be the fifth seed? If they lose tonight, they can. They're going to be in the play-in. So like. Especially when you don't even want to play back to back, you're going to want to play extra games before the pl- before the playoffs. That makes no sense to me. Makes no and freaking Le- sense. LeBron just hurt his foot, but come on, like even if LeBron plays 20 minutes, that's 20 minutes where they can be up by like 20 or 15. Like you never know. It is like simply... just that little bit can make a huge difference in the game.
0: Playing a back tonight, back to back tonight, could literally be the difference of them not having to play extra games going into the playoff and being more well rested, and them having to fight to get in and, and playing plus, in the play-in tournament.
1: If they're the sixth seed, like they're where the I think right now they were the seventh because they're the they're seventh, seventh right the now. Game. If they get to the sixth seed, then they play the Kings. That's probably the matchup they want the most. They don't want play, Absolutely.
0: they don't
1: want to play anyone else.
0: So to my king's take, I mm-hmm. do think if the Lakers end up playing them, mm-hmm. the Lakers are beating the King. Okay. Sure. Cause LeBron and A well 80's playing off his mind, but then LeBron is LeBron. I don't want to see him in a playoffs if I'm anybody. Because yeah. he is the one dude that just knows how to beat you no matter what in the playoffs. Um, So,
1: and, you know, barring injuries, but, yeah. They don't really have anyone to guard them either. Match Maybe, like, Harrison Barnes would be their best guy. but
0: Yeah, no, he, he, he would absolutely, <laughs> like, eat. And then, like, Anthony Davidson's the bonus.
1: That's a good matchup.
0: Yeah, Trump AD's going to eat. I think AD would eat, though. <laughs> um okay another provision uh from the new cba i'm telling you guys we're just going to go down the list here um so this was kind of uh technical there is going to be an added second luxury tax level so pretty much the luxury tax is you know there's a certain cap that team's can hit with their rosters and how much money they can pay their rosters. Um, once you hit that cap, if you want to add players on, then every player that you add on, you have to pay an additional luxury tax. Um, so there's a there's a certain percentage of tax that will be added on to that contract that a team would sign a player for. Now there's going to be another level on top of that. <laughs> that um, but this... It is interesting because this luxury tax will keep teams from using their mid-level exception. And I know this is confusing for those that don't really like get into the weeds of like the contracts and stuff, but this will um, stop teams from using their mid-level exception to sign players. Um, So this really hurts like teams like the Warriors, the Lakers, the Clippers, Um, teams that are really high-paying teams that are already, like, well above the luxury tax level. Um, And essentially, it just curtails the team from taking on uh, more money than they can dish out. So pretty much, like, if there's a trade that happens, you know, that team, like, say if it's the Warriors, they have to make sure that the value is equal. Like, cash value is equal. Like, there's no, no more can they... Take on a player, um, you know, that's essentially super expensive, like a Kevin Durant yeah. <laughs> um, and give away, you know, pieces that aren't as high a value because now they're going to have like now, even if you try to, like you won't be able to recoup that salary for Kevin Durant because the rules just simply won't allow you to anymore with this new CBA, at least. Um, I like it it's kind of getting rid of super teams in a way exactly. um, for the but also so. it, but there's more provisions that were added that also keep super teams so i there's so many like weird things happening
1: that's why gms get paid a lot of money but for this sure. is good for small teams because you see this year that the race for the playoffs on both sides are super super close so maybe now the Pacers or a team like the Hornets who or more like the Hornets who haven't really done anything special in their existence, maybe they have a better chance now.
0: Yeah, I, I
1: agree. Even tighter.
0: I agree. And I think that's very important because, you know, Again, like I, I've said before, like the NBA has always been about the highest bidder, and this kind of takes that element out of it, where there's yeah. no more of the highest builder. It makes it more of an equal playing field. Um, so I like it, and you know, with this new provision, um, th- it also says here in this article, uh, from NBA.com, pretty much saying that uh, teams will lose like different uh, key like team building mechanisms, like things that they use to sign new players on or to make space for cap room and to just make different uh, wiggle room. So pretty much uh, it'll get rid of uh tax taxpayer, taxpayer mid-level exceptions uh, cash in trades, utilizing the cash in trades. Um, the most important one that it's going to get rid of is first round draft picks being used or first round picks being used for drafts that are like years away, light years away. Cuz we saw that a bunch with this last trade deadline. Yeah. With like the second round picks, wasn't that like the the most like like people yeah. were just trading around second round picks like it was like nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah. And this is going to get a this is going to end that.
1: <laughs> um no more five second round picks. Nope. <laughs> At least that's what the rule
0: looks like it's saying. So we're, we're finally getting away from that. Um, and then it's also going to, which is, this is the part that I don't know if I love though, because it's going to hurt free agent players in the buyout market. And, you know, we obviously saw Russell Westbrook in the buyout market. Um, we saw John Wall. We've seen, we've seen players that like uh, Carmelo, we've seen players that are in the buyout market. And like, I, that I don't like that it's gonna hurt like second
1: chances in the league. Yeah, especially like that's the time where teams can actually like really, really get better because you saw right. last year with the Nets, they got some guys. Two years ago, they got Blake Griffin. They get certain guys that on the bench can actually like make a big difference. Like in the playoffs, Blake Griffin actually played really, really well. Yeah, so like they hurt that type of stuff kind of in the going, but uh, hopefully there's like some way around there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think people, um,
1: like, the mid-level exception, like that's huge. That's usually like a dude that had a max and is now like wanting a second chance or a guy that wants to be on a winning team. So it's not usually not some scrub dude.
0: No, it's usually a very solid player. And really good. And I think, I think the, the issue there is that they really want these teams to, you know, stay within the confines of the salary cap and not being able to just, you know, again the highest bidder and just continue yeah. to spend and spend and spend. Although like that's what comes with the NBA, you know, I can understand the other side too, where it's like, well, if your owner has the money to do that, then you know, allow them to do it. Yeah, if they wanna, you know, pay the extra taxes. Like who does that really hurt? Um, you know, but again, we're we're seeing the NBA being at a much level playing field these days anyways, you know, even yeah. without this rule. Um, but I think now we're gonna start seeing a lot more teams uh kind of level out. Um we're not gonna see the crazy I don't know if we're gonna see the crazy like Kevin Durant type trades anymore after this rule. We'll see. Um, but teams are gonna have to really be conscious of this rule now. Like this is something that's gonna fly under the radar. Um but super important, yeah, but it's like super important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um no. another rule that was added was the extension limits. So um for those, you know, for, for those that don't understand like extensions, so essentially when a contract is extended. That is for a player that is coming up on um, the end of their contract. And instead of waiting for the contract to fully expire, they extend uh, usually midway through the season in their contract year to uh, stick with the team for, like, four-plus years. Um, That's usually what happens. Um, And Jalen Brown, who we were talking about earlier, is one of those people that can do that. Uh, you know, 2024 is when he's going to be a free agent, as I said earlier. Um, but now the extension limit and the increase, they increase the amount that you can make in your extension. Um, although they, that does not help or hurt a, a team where now we just talked about where they're trying to cap, you know, with the second luxury tax le- tax level. Um, they're trying to, you know, kind of limit how much you can spend as a team. But they do, ex- they did, uh Max, they did a uh, level up and increase uh, how much an extension can be. It went from 120% to 140%. So, for instance, Jalen Brown, under the rules currently, he could sign a four-year extension worth 165 million dollars. With this new rule, with a 140% increase, it would allow him to make four uh, earn a, earn a four-year deal for 189 million dollars maximum.
1: So. Absolutely a lot of money (laughs) maybe teams will now because i think nba is the one sport where most of the time when a dude's up for an extension or something they usually pay it's usually the player that's like all right i'm out like now you're seeing this especially like with lamar you've been seeing this a little bit um especially yeah even like other dudes in football maybe nba teams will now be like yeah i don't know if we want to extend you maybe we'll wait Right. So maybe that'll cause more drama and stuff too. Or like maybe these guys have to be a little bit smarter with who they give extensions to.
0: I think is that final point you just said. I think they're going to have to be a lot smarter with who they give extensions to. You can't just give them out willy-nilly anymore. <laughs> you're just going to have to really think about it because especially with that, you know, new uh second luxury tax level, you're going to have to really be conscious of your spending now. You can't just continue to pay, pay, and pay um you know it also excuse me goes into the next uh uh provision that they added was that there's no more restrictions um on a two supermax contract being or two supermax contracts being on a team um now you can have three which is now the limit where you can but it's like you added yeah. this you put in a cap on how much <laughs> these teams can spend you increase the extension uh, you know, uh pay. Like the NBA, it's confusing. <laughs> it's yeah. very confusing, but this is what they're doing. Um with the Supermax contract, I mean, it allows uh a player that's essentially been with a team that was drafted with a team um to earn like a large, large, large amount of money, probably the most cash you could possibly get in the league. And instead of, I guess, the rule before was that you can only have two of those type of contracts per team. Now you can have three. And, um, you know, a perfect example of that being utilized is probably with like a team like the Cavaliers where they're young. They have Donovan Mitchell probably already at a Supermax level. There is Garland already at a Supermax level. And then you have a rising star in Evan Mobley probably coming So, you know, this is going to kick in at a perfect time. Yeah. And we have a few more provisions that I wanted to get into here. Um, So one that we already kind of knew was coming were players no longer being tested for smoking weed. You know, we saw that start when they went into the bubble.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And literally, that's probably all they could do was, you know, get weed sent to them and I mean, I don't know what else they could do. They literally had no visitors in the bubble or
1: anything like that. Might as well. Nothing else to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, rather than drinking, they can't drink during the playoffs. So, screw it. Might as well. And it makes sense where their states is like, I don't know about where you're at, but New Jersey is legal. So, like, if it's legal in one state and they could do it, might as well.
0: Yeah, it's not legal here. Um, but it's legal in um Illinois, which is like a forty five minute drive from from me. Okay. So yeah. Um I don't know. I, I think uh again, it's just something that we already knew was coming. It was something that they were waiting for the next CBA to do, but they already like came to a mutual agreement that they were no longer gonna test yeah. for it. But now it's in writing, um and it's official. So that's cool. Okay. Right. Um I think the biggest, one of the biggest, I mean, I've said there's uh, big you know, <laughs> provisions here, but another big one that I think is going to benefit both the WNBA and the NBA are, is now players being able to invest in their own team as well as WNBA teams. And I think that's so critical um, because I think now NBA players, they can, one, they're getting a return on in investment. They're getting an uh they're essentially getting a stock in their own team that they're playing yep. for. That's huge. Um, So now they have, you know, some sort of ownership, Um, you know, now Dame can officially say that he's part owner of this franchise that he's playing with. And uh, you know, and I say Dame, because, you know, he's clearly Portland trailblazer through and through, <laughs> Um, but uh, WNBA players, I mean, they're able to get, probably better living conditions now. Um, I'm sure Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul, like there's going to be a bunch of yeah. NBA players that are going to throw money over to WNBA. So that's going to be huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Or now NBA guys better because they talked to the talk for so long. Now they got to actually do it.
0: Yep. Put their money where their mouth is.
1: 100%. You're making all this money and you've been saying this for so long. And oh, let's see what happens. It would be cool if they can um, expand the WNBA, too. Yeah. Maybe some and... NBA guys can get together and be like, hey, let's start a team in, like, Seattle. Oh, no, there's always a team there. I'm stupid. I don't know. If... New... I don't oh, yeah, but I Crazy. know what you mean. Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere where a little bit different, where, like, maybe, like, an NBA team isn't there. So, like, the one section or this one part of a state could be like, all right, this is our team. Like, let's root for this team. And then it helps out WNBA players because I saw a thing today. There's only like 144, 140 WNBA players while there's like 300 something or almost 400 NBA players. So, like, that's still like a huge difference.
0: Yeah, it is. I think, um, you know, for the WNBA, it would be helpful too that the players, the NBA players start investing in marketing dollars. Um, you know, the WNBA, WNBA needs more marketing. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. You know, obviously like ticket sales are going to be a big issue no matter what for the WNBA. Um, but the more that you put into marketing, you know, the more people will hopefully show up. Um, but not only like I was alluding to earlier, like their living conditions, you know, they, they need better, uh, travel conditions. They, they, they fly commercial for the most part. Um, during an NBA, WNBA season, which is just ridiculous. Um, as a pro athlete living in the United States, we're, the you know, the sister company to the NBA. There's no reason why any of those teams should be flying commercially. Um, I shouldn't be able to sit on a flight next to Candace Parker.
1: Yeah, no shot.
0: No. Um, so, you know, there's just, uh, a bunch of opportunities here. Uh you know, I think with this investment uh, from the from NBA players to the WNBA, but also players now can promote sports betting companies. And that was something where That's I was thing. like, yeah,
1: I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> the NBA already had the problem with that. I don't think they want to go through that stuff again. They've had multiple problems
0: with that. Yeah. And, I mean, shoot, we've seen it in other leagues. I mean, we just seen it in the NFL. Yeah, I mean. You don't,
1: don't want to, you don't want to turn something that's that has been, so far, pretty good and that has potential to make you a shit ton of money to then ruin it by doing something stupid.
0: Yeah, it just goes back to that whole situation of Adam Silver being maybe a little too lenient, a little too player-friendly here, because yeah. I really don't see the point of these players promoting sports betting companies, like, you know, I mean, we saw, like, a situation with Bradley Beal the other day where, like, he got into an altercation with a fan yeah. that was allegedly, you know, yelling at him and, you know, cu- cursing at him because of a, a sports bet that went wrong because of something Bradley Beal did or did not do. Yeah. Um, You know, we see stuff like that. And, you know, sports betting has become such a huge thing, but it's also, like, I don't know, it's taken... A, it's taking kind of the joy out of the game for some yeah. people. Um, And they watch it for a different reason and not just for like
1: purely just to watch a game, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, dude, and it's pretty surprising that like younger people are getting into it too. Like even though yeah. they're supposed to be 21, dude, when I'm at work, that's all these high school kids, that's all they're doing is like looking up bets and like being like, Oh, like, Oh, I don't know who I should bet on today. And like, these kids bet like, twenty, fifty dollars a day probably. So yeah. like I don't know, it's, it's a huge huge business and like kids this young are still trying to get into it, like I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think um for just the the, the NBA's purposes, purposes, I mean, stay away. As far as allowing them to promote it, I mean, well look, they're clearly not staying away from it, yeah. but you know, I just I just hope that this doesn't affect the NBA in any way uh-huh. as far as like the integrity of the players and in the league itself because there's already been allegations against the league for, you know, a script. Yeah. And, you know, I I I would hate for it to come out that a player is starting to and and with them doing this, like you telling me like a player that Gets in, you know, a, a, a marketing deal with DraftKings. They're not gonna start thinking about their over/under for how many threes I need to make tonight, or mm-hmm. the lack thereof, the like, the lack of threes I need to make tonight, or like how many points we need oh, to score. Friends. Like, yeah, man, it's just I. It's a dangerous game to be playing with that rule. So, oh, um. Just cause I'm looking at it right now, I got the Bucks game on. They got the Lakers and Clippers coming on after this, but it looks like LeBron and KD are gonna face off against each other for the first time in, I want to say, five years. That's insane. <laughs> they're facing off that's on sick. Friday. That's yeah. Sick.
1: So Dude, the amount of money those tickets are gonna go for, oh my god. Yeah, watch LeBron sits, (laughs) dude. If he sits that game, and you know what, he just might if they win tonight. Yeah, that's the part that really sucks. Depending on how the season goes and like which teams win and loses, bro. Oh my god. If they could, like, there's. I don't think that's gonna happen. But if
0: like this is gonna happen, but if they like confirm tonight that like if they win, like they're officially like out of the play in. Like LeBron's not playing on it. <laughs> yeah, he's done. So um, neither is oh, AD. Hopefully, hopefully, get that game. Yeah, we we need that for the culture. And and you know what? I feel like LeBron. You know, I think him and Katie. Well, Katie probably doesn't give a fuck. But I think LeBron definitely knows. Uh, you know that this has they haven't played against each other in some years like i think he's gonna get up that day to play
1: oh, 100% has to
0: yeah um so final provision that i noticed from the CBA was actually that was missing from the CBA was that the high school players still can't enter the NBA draft um i saw a report that's saying this rule is not going to change anytime soon in the foreseeable future, so we could close that book for a little while. Um, At least for the duration of this CBA for the next six years or so. uh, You know, I better figure it out. Yeah, it's it's, it's one and done. Either one and done, or you go play in uh, overtime league, or you go play overseas, or you go do something.
1: But, you know. I kind of like that, though. To have something else and, like, if you're that good, you're going to get a good amount of NIL money, too. So, it's not like you're getting, like, absolutely nothing. And it's, like, that rule is literally just for, like, the 1% of the 1% anyway. For sure. So it's okay. <laughs> They'll be all right. Yeah. And it helps college basketball, too. Because having, like, if Zion didn't go to Duke, like, I don't know. I feel like there was, like, so many, like, different moments and stuff that, would have been lost and wouldn't have been the same for that season.
0: Yeah. I mean, certainly, like, they they lose a lot of viewership if they you know, the college basketball scene, they lose a lot of viewership if the NBA decided to allow high school players to come. Um, because there's gonna that one percent, you know, typically going into the season there's always gonna be, you know, a good ten players or so. That you know, come out of high school, and you're like, Oh, I can't wait to watch them play in Kentucky or Duke or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and you know, if they were to open up the floodgates to high school players, none of those players are going to college, they're all going straight to the league.
1: Um, and sometimes uh, it wouldn't pan out too. It's like, look at Monty Bates, he was like, Everyone's like, Yo, he's the next whoever, and like, now he's gonna be like a second round pick probably this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I and I do like that, you know, the NBA still has it in place like a one and done rule. But again, my biggest thing, not even NBA related, but the WNBA, man, they need to change that rule. There's no yeah. reason why that um, because because again, the only reason the only reason why they have this rule in place is because they feel like that's how long it's gonna take for players to be fully developed to come into the league and to perform at the high level. Yeah. So you're telling me that it only takes, you know, men one year, but they they implicitly decided, it's not even implicit, they expressly decided mm-hmm. that it takes women longer to develop to go play in the professional league. And that's why Caitlin Clark, uh, Angel Reese, you know, Haley Van Liff, like all of these, you know, great uh female basketball players, what they're doing this season, like that's why it's so freaking important because they're showing that they're ready now. Yeah. You know what
1: I mean? Like you're telling me Caitlin Clark can't right now can't go and play in WNBA games. It's a joke, bro. It's a <laughs> literal joke.
0: I and same with Angel. Like, literal joke. They can both go into the league right now and carve it up. So yeah, man. Crazy. Yeah, I just have a have a gripe with that. <laughs> but <laughs> fair though. Yeah, yeah. Um.
1: Oh, I guess
0: before I forget, um, our poll. We did our first poll for our bracket challenge, the best, the best team since the 2000s, and uh, I want to pull it up real quick because we. The first part of the bracket we did was for the twenty twenty one Bucks versus the twenty twenty two Warriors, and the results came back fifty seven percent for the Bucks, forty three percent for the Warriors. Um, me and you were actually split on this this uh, decision. I went with the Bucks. You went with the Warriors. Am I biased? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but I'm concerned if you weren't. I do genuinely think the 2021 Bucks team was better than the Warriors, only because they were, in my opinion, a deeper team than that Warriors team. That Warriors team stank up the joint. Um, when it came to really everyone else, I mean, Steph saved them. Time and time and time again, um, and maybe that's the reason why I can see why someone would pick the worst because Steph was just that great. But Draymond played like crap. Clay wasn't playing the greatest. Andrew Wiggins well, played great, but to me, the that that Bucks team you yeah, have Giannis that's averaging, God knows how much he averaged in the in the playoffs. Um, but you know, fifty point game to close out the series. Um, close out the finals. You got Drew Holiday. Pretty much the same team that the Bucs have right now is <laughs> yes, who much, they yeah. had, and the Bucs are still number one and on top. And the Warriors essentially have the same team, and they're in the mix, but they lost Andrew Wiggins. So, all of
1: that being said, that's why I chose the Bucks.
0: Why did you choose the Warriors though?
1: Because so the Bucks team it should have been the Nets. Just kidding. Not. I <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Feeding was weird. No, like, I don't know. I feel like that season, or if they actually matched up and everyone was healthy, I don't know. I feel like um, Andrew Wiggins would be able to guard Giannis pretty well. I think that would be a pretty decent matchup because he's athletic, he's pretty big too. Draymond would be on Brook Lopez. So Brook Lopez having the guard, dribble handoffs and stuff like that, I don't, and like him to be outside the paint, I think that would be a little uncomfortable for him a little bit. Drew on Steph, though, that would be a really good matchup. Because Drew's are a really, really good defender. But, hey, if you're getting hit with like 10 screens, you never know. But I think that matchup would be pretty much be the key in that series. And then and then Clay and Chris Middleton, they're pretty similar. Like, they're kind of, like, both, like, off and on. So, yeah. But Clay has more experience. So maybe lean more into that. But you were right, though. Last year, he didn't really have the best series in the world. But I don't know. I think the Warriors have a little bit more, a little bit more experience. Because last year, the Celtics were really good. And, like, I don't know, they didn't really make it, like, super, super close. So I don't know. I think I think it would be closer. I think it would definitely be, like, six or seven game series.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It,
1: I think with any of these, like, it wouldn't
0: be, like, blowout series. Like, I think this one would be pretty close yeah. um, for sure. Um,
1: But, yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah, I'm just going hit his free throws, too. that in the finals, he made his free throws. Against the Nets, sure he was did. god-awful. And all of a sudden, he was just making, like, 80% of his free throws. Yeah, that was uh,
0: when the counting, the countdown started, yeah. when people started counting how, or count up. <laughs> they were counting all the <laughs> way to 10 uh, when he was shooting. So, you know, I'm glad that's not a thing anymore. But, I mean, he's still not great at the free throw line.
1: Definitely a little bit better. But, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That would be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Very uh, fair opinions, both sides. Um, but yeah, I, uh, definitely want to continue to do that. And, uh, we have other, obviously, uh, other, uh, matchups we're, we're going to talk about, but, um, I think the next one we should do, let's see here. The next one we should do, let's do a fun one. Let's go 2009 Lakers versus 2013 Miami Heat. Okay. I'll be, I think that's an interesting one. Another biased take for me is coming. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, you know, end that conversation now. But, you know, I'll come with an actual, you know, try, I'll try to be as objective as possible. Okay. All right. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, yeah. It was good pod, man. Good pod. That was a good one. Okay.